The object of Africa Investor Stories is to allow real investors from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. So sit back and enjoy. This is the African Investors Stories podcast with your host, Simon Rushton. Today we have Edwin Mensah. He is from Ghana, but brought up in London. And he has his family and he has invested in Africa by way of having a pig farm. But he still resides in England, London. He has a degree in sociology and he has a great love for football. Anyway, thank you, Edwin, for turning up today. No problem, Simon. Okay. First of all, I'd like to ask you, what's a typical day for you doing business in Kenya, sorry, sorry, in Ghana, as well as doing business, your everyday life things in England? So I think... Um... As things currently stand, um, it's not that difficult because I've got trust in the people who are looking after my affairs in Ghana and they're only uh, a, a a phone call away now, like on the mobile phone. So I think modern technology has made it much easier to, to communicate with people um, across the world and definitely for me in Ghana. If there's an issue you know, and I need to look at something, you know, I can get a video call. Um, if I think about something that hasn't happened or I think about something that I need to do, I can just pick up the phone and call. And um, uh, my um, business associates, if you like, on the other side of the world or in Ghana are able to, to respond accordingly. So that does make a massive difference. And I think it's it gives confidence. I think there is... I think one thing that's happened in the African countries um, regarding telecommunications is that um, they've only known Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and this sort of stuff because they're never, in many cases, there hasn't been a lot of hard, been like a lot of hard wiring comms. So these guys are always available um, to speak to. So that makes a lot, my life a lot more easier. How big is the big pig farm? So the pig farm, we've got about, we started with only um, four pigs. Um, so we started with four pigs. And um, what we've been doing is crossbreeding with other um, suppliers. Um, and what that's done is, it means we've now got 25 pigs. So we've actually got some land. I've actually got some land and the, our plan is to actually um, build a, a, a bigger, if you like, ranch uh, for the pigs and for other farm animals. We've got some, a small portion of goats as well, but um, really the focus is on the pigs. So, what we're doing is 
the land that we've got at the moment and the um um if, if you like the pens that we house the pigs in is is in a quite a small area and we've always known that if the business if the project went the way that we wanted it to go then we would um we're likely to expand and that looks like what's going to happen because um the growth has been quite um um the growth has been a lot quicker than we expected or definitely than i expected and so because we've got this land it's likely that 20 back end of 2020 or mid middle middle to back end of 2020 we're probably going to start building um on this land um so we'll have sort of some uh we'll have a, a property for um the person who's going to be looking after the pigs and then we'll have we'll keep the pigs in pretty much they'll be free range so they can just roam with land is quite vast so we they can just sort of move on the land as they as we want them to um so yeah that's what the idea is what are we talking like one acre two acres i can't remember how big the land is because the land is being from ghana the land is actually my family land so i forget how big one plot is what they say one plot is 50 by 80 okay there you go so it's about I think it's about 20 plots on that land. Okay. So the land is significant. How long did it take you to go from four pigs to 25? Six. About eight months. Mm, Eight months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight months. And it would have been, we would have had more than that, but we had a litter that all died. A litter of eight that died. The so, infection? No, it was just uh, difficulties with the pregnancy, but um, it was difficulties in giving birth, but it would appear that um, it's, it's just unfortunate. So we, we sort of had a, a look at, you know, what went wrong, basically, and lessons learned. And we learned lessons from that. But it would appear that because that pig, that pig, that pig is actually pregnant again, I think. She pregnant again. Because the pig, the, the 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 pig is well, she's fine. But unfortunately, the litter just didn't survive. It's a litter. It was a litter of eight. So it's quite a a um a, a, a big big litter, you know, of pigs. Um, because I think we've had fours and six since then. I. So, I, I've worked on a pig farm in, in um, Kenya and it was only about a week and it was a, a Jamaican guy who had emigrated to Kenya with British um, brought up in Britain and he had about 700 odd yeah. pigs Yeah, right. and the way he kept his pigs were on, in like an open hut but it's yeah. on the concrete floor. Yeah. So they could always keep the floor clean. Yeah. And then contrary to popular belief, pigs actually have sense. They don't defecate where they eat. Where they correct. Um, correct. And what he's pointing out to me. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. Maybe I, I'll introduce you to him later on if you're interested. Yeah. He can, yeah. He can give you some pointers. He is very up to speed. Do you do you work with farmers choice? How do you or do you sell to locals? 
So what we do is, yeah, we, we, we've sold some pigs, actually. One or, we've sold actually a few pigs, actually. And it's likely that depending on the growth, depending on growth and depending on how quick we can sort of build a new premises, we may have to sell some more. The, the plan is not necessarily to sell yet. The, the plan is generally to, to crossbreed with other um, uh, pig suppliers, but we have been selling locally. So the, the idea is to sell locally at this point. Mm-hmm. How many, um, I'm not sure what you call it, the females, are they fowls? Is that right? Yeah. How many fowls do you have? I can't remember the number of uh, the genders. I think we're looking at, we have approximately, approximately four fully grown females. Um, no, six. I think six fully grown females. I shouldn't have these numbers for you, Simon. Apologies. Um, we've got... Um, and then we've got some younger females. So obviously with pigs, everyone wants the females generally because obviously they're going to provide the litter. But what we have, and we do have an arrangement with um, another pig uh, a breeder, if you like, um, pig farmer, in that when if we cross with them, we share the litter mm. right, as opposed to paying up front for the crossing, we, we, we share the litter. Mm. So, um, so those arrangements also have helped with the growth. Mm. Okay. Um, I was told when I was on the pig farm that you keep a certain amount of females to uh, males because males. the males can only have sex twice a day and then they're exhausted. These were massive yeah. pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how big your pigs are, but these pigs are like... The fully grown ones, yeah. 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 That, we, we, we generally keep the sexes apart anyway, and we keep them, the, the kid, the, 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 the litter, uh, the, the younger ones away from the old ones also as well. So that's why, that's why we want a bigger space mm-hmm. so that you can um, uh, sort of partition off the areas where different pigs will, uh, different pigs are, different age groups are. Mm. And then when you're, and then put them together for breeding mm. at certain times. We found that the pigs, there's two things, issues that there's on that pig farm. One was their urine became like acid yeah. and it would corrode the metal. But the other thing is when the women pigs were in heat, they would virtually break down the fence to get to the male or yeah. try and climb over, which is amazing yeah. because the fence was at least a meter 300 mil high right mm. uh, and so that's the reason that's one of the reasons why we 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 have the arrangement with our local um um other breeders because of this very reason so we're um aware of some of those difficulties that can come from that mm. when they when the when the female is ready for breeding mm-hmm. So, uh, so the idea basically is once that time is upon us, we, we sort of act quite swiftly to make sure that we don't miss the moment. Yeah. But that's, I, again, that's why, that's why we keep them separated. Yeah. It's usually 
I was told a week after they've given birth, they want to get pregnant again. Again, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they're really, um, it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what made you make the decision to invest in Africa? Okay, so obviously I'm from Ghana. Um, I go to Ghana every couple of years. And I actually, you know, we have property in Ghana already. So property was always a, is always a, a default situation that was tends to happen in these matters. But um, when, when people are looking at investing in, 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 in Africa, but I was actually looking at, um, or, or we have been, I have been exploring the idea of possibly moving to Ghana um, for good or set, setting up, having a, 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 a like splitting a, your time. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it's difficult to say oh, I'm going to leave the UK because I've got young children. So, uh, so you know, th- that's got to be considered. Uh, school and all, all these, you know, family that they have as well. So, the, moving the, the children to Ghana is not the issue. It's more about the, 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 the family that they're going to miss when if we move if we totally move. So I was already sort of exploring um, jobs in, within government. So just to see what was available with my skill sets and what I could get into. And then this um, pig farm sort of the opportunity uh, came to me, I suppose, when um, a family member asked me to come just, I was with a family member who sort of went to see the, uh, um, their friend who had the pigs essentially some people say as westerners I can't remember are you born in Ghana? no I'm, I'm actually born in the UK okay. but I, I lived in Ghana when I, I went to Ghana for a few years when I was younger and you know um, even though I'm, I'm, I'm English I do consider myself uh, I'm British excuse me I consider myself Ghanaian, so it's a very dual um, nationality. I speak the language, eat the food, um, know the areas, know the country. So, yeah. Some people say, coming from a Western country, you you shouldn't be seeking a job. You should be starting a business. How, how does that resonate with you? Uh, do you know what? I don't, I think... It's about exploring opportunities as they present themselves. So, I I believe that if I was to get a job in government, I could support. I could support the country because I'm working for the government, so I could support the country in developing. Equally, if I have if I have my own business, I could support the the country because I, hopefully I would have the business would be the business becomes bigger larger so we can employ people so you know I, I think it's how opportunity presents itself is what you do because I think it's it, it, for me it's what can you bring to the country and so if you're working you should be able to bring something to the country if you're setting up a business you should be able to give something to the country or, or present something to the country Mm. Oh. I, I, so either way I don't have a I, I, I generally think it's, it's what can you offer 
Because if you have a business, for example, if I set up a business and that business is just leeching off the country, which is generally what happens, um, then for me, you know, it's by the by. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm if I'm if I what I what I want as a Ghanaian. I want the country to develop. I want Ghana to develop. I want Ghana to reach its full potential. Um, so, whichever way I can help with that, that that's what I would I would want to do. Mm, I understand. You can help from within, make a bigger impact from within if you're in government. Yeah. Then thing. But then for those who set up a business wouldn't you say that they're bringing skills yeah, if, and if people creating are set, jobs? Yeah, so if people are setting up businesses, that's, that's, that's the other side of it, creating jobs. That's what we want people to create jobs. But we want people to create jobs and um, we want people to create jobs and pay and upskill the local community yeah, and local people and pay local people fairly. And that doesn't always happen. That's an interesting statement there, because when you say pay local people fairly, are you compared to London rates? No, no, no. To, 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 to what people should... It's all relative, isn't it? So what people, should, what people are paid in Ghana, what people are paid in the UK, in the US, Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya, whatever, it's all relative. But what, what we're... What we're um, ex- what I'm expecting is that people are paid for their, uh, adequately for their skill and their labour. Mm. But somebody would say, by what measure, though? By the measure of what, pe- what other people in the country are paying for the same similar um, activity. Okay, so, for instance, I know in Kenya... Um, you have two scopes of wages. You have the real working class and then you have the middle class and the real working class, they could earn anywhere between, like the helpers, 8000 which is like $80 um, to, what, $200 a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's just those, those are those... It's an interesting point you brought up there because I've had this conversation as a, an investor and um, I usually get people who are local who say, yeah, but people get paid this in England. And I say, yeah, but you lot don't really pay taxes here. Yeah, yeah? And, and also the cost of living has to be factored in. So, you know, when people compare themselves to the United Kingdom, for example, cost of living, you know, uh, someone's weekly shop in the UK for a family of four, if you compare that weekly shop of probably probably a hundred pounds or close to that a weekly shop, and then you took that hundred pounds and you took it um, to Ghana, people and I said I'll spend this. People would be they'd be flabbergasted. Mm. They'd be flab- about about that amount of money. So it's all it's it's all relative. Yeah, I, su- I suppose we also have our our rates here, our rates where you have the London waiting. Yeah, you've got London living wage. So we've got London living wage and national living wage. Yeah. And so, again, and, and that's exa- exa- a great example, actually. What is relative? So, so the London living wage, someone in Manchester can, w- w- the, the government deem it, and it's rightly so, cost of living is a lot more 
cheaper up north than it is in the south of the country or definitely in London. So that's where we have the London living wage because things in London cost a lot more than they do anywhere else in the country. And that's what I mean. Things in, in, in African countries generally will be a lot cheaper than they would be in the UK. So um, um, wages or payment for, 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 for work would be would be a lot cheaper when you because you, you're, you're looking at is the, the the standard wage for doing whatever job it is what was the most valuable lesson you've learned from doing this pig farm um so i think it's about development it's I don't know if it's, it's, I don't know if it's, if, I think I'm still learning. So I don't want to say, oh, I've, you know, I've got, I've got it to a T. I think we're, 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 all of us are learning different things about the animals, different things about crossbreeding, um, different things about how to invest the money, veterinary fees, you know, how the animals respond when it's really hot, how they respond when it's raining, um, when it's cooler, um, things that you pointed out you said something about when uh, the um pigs not wanting to urinate where they you know defecate where they you know um uh, sleep if you like all of these things are things that we've learned i think at the moment one of the the main things that we're looking at is is how to organize the development that we're looking to do moving forward. So we've got to look, so when I say that, I mean, how long will it take to build um, the premises that were the premises on the land? What, how the design of that, because mm. what we want to do is design it so it's future proof so that we can just, if, if the farm becomes bigger and bigger, we can expand um, the farm without necessarily having to break down too many walls or do, you know, so we want to try and future-proof the design. So it's, it's things that, it's a, it's, we want to be quite considered in what we're doing moving forward. So in terms of what one, one thing I've learned, I think we're still learning at the moment. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, this guy, Len, he's, who had the pig farm, he's expanded his pig farm again and again. It's, so he's mm. got five acres. And um, I see that with him, he kept the main point of e like entrance in and out. That always stayed the same. Same, right. The only thing was he positioned the office at the end of the day in the middle. So as he looks in the, out any window, he can see all view of the pigs and the workers. Um, right. And also it's like you have runs. So you have runs of where you want the, the kids to go, or yep. the kids, and runs where you want the females to go, and runs where you want the yep. men to go. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know that should be able to be kept segregated without people's animals crossing each other's path. And yeah, and then also you've got the security element for your own livelihood. So yeah, okay. Would um, is there anything you would do different? It's a bit of a coming. Um, Again, no, it's a fair question, but again, I, at this point, we're not finished yet. So I, I don't, I, again, I don't think I can answer that question. 
there's nothing that you've done and you thought, oh, I need to change that? Um, I think probably the, the, the thing that I don't, that being Ghanaian and knowing about land, we've built our current farm on someone, even though it's not the biggest farm in the world at this point, we've built it on someone else's land. And that's the only thing that, Mm, you'll be if you're ever in dead indentured servitude right and that's the only thing that 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 makes me uncomfortable and because the person is so the person is paid for their land but because they're seeing that the 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 potential, the potential because they're seeing how quick the growth has been they're sort of talking about oh well maybe you guys you need to pay me a little bit more rent and this is the thing that I, uh, uh, but we've already agreed a, 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 a price. So this is the stuff that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And maybe I would do it, I, I, would, I would have been a bit more patient, you know, mm. and built on my own land. Okay. Okay. Do you feel if you moved there, that you would miss oh no let me put this in a different way what i experienced when i was living in east africa is that there was certain attributes that i just thought if i was back in england we wouldn't be even having this conversation things would just run smoothly is there moments when you're there and you just think this is not how it's meant to go there's something you just miss yeah, but I, so, um, so my thoughts on that are, I, I, I don't think that. I, at this point, I don't think that because the person, the people that are looking after the animals, the main person who looks after the animals, like, loves animals. So for him, it's, it's not even looking at too much of as a, as a business, you know. So, but, but as much as we say, as much as, the, the problem is, is that we are socialised in a certain way. So we're socialised in, 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 a, in a British way and when we look at let's say how some of the business practices in africa we perhaps think that they're not organized but in the same breath if a man in africa is doing working for you he's just going to do the work he's going to get on with it and do the work you know he's not going to start contacting the union because you asked him to do something different or because you've added a new task to to to, to his job role so there is is a bit of give and take with that stuff i think yeah. it's the way we're socialized and the way we are, you know, work is presented to us. Um, we feel that, you know, what they're doing or the way that they operate is perhaps not the best. And I'm not going to say that. I think that there's 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 pros and cons in each model. Um, I think there's pros and cons in each model. So yeah. Mm. Okay. I take it you chose Ghana because of being, like you said, family land. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Do you wish that you had done this earlier? Yeah, but again, I think that um, it's how opportunity presents itself. And I, and I think I didn't do it earlier because I wasn't, I didn't look at moving to Ghana as a viable option at the time. But now I definitely do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I take it that's nothing to do with the Brexit. <laughs> um... 
Uh, it's got nothing to do with Brexit. It's it's the fact that I'm I'm looking at Africa and I'm I'm being I'm, I believe that Africa, African countries, um, are not living up to their full potential. Mm. African mm. countries have got they've got people, which equals labour, got natural resources, so the country should be doing a lot more. Did you know? Most African countries, their populations grow, increase a million a year. Right. So if you think of that, that's that's phenomenal compared to London or United Kingdom yeah. in yeah. the sense of labour resources and yeah, exactly and requirements for what people will need. Right. So for me, it's then it's how are we using those people? How are we using those people? Because they're the people are a resource. So. The continent is not using those people, you know. Would you, I know you said you've been going there from from a young age? Would you say, as the man you are today, and since you've started this business, that your mindset has changed? Um, in what regard? In regards to just your whole investment and the way you see the society. Yeah. Um. No, I don't think all minds changed. I've always known what my country's like. Um, so no, I don't think um, there's been a change now. I don't believe that. No. Did you understand? We understand that you're married. Did, did, was it an issue convincing your partner, your family that you're, that let's do this move, let's make an investment so we're going to be there someday? No, 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 not at all. That was like a, it's just like a, a foregone conclusion that at some point that's what we should do. Okay. Okay. Education, regarding your education, do you feel it's helped you, um, your degree, in what you're doing out there? Or do you think you can? Uh, possibly, because I suppose it helps you uh, manage people, manage environment better but not necessarily mm, okay. I take it that you have a dual citizenship passport yeah oh, so you don't need to worry about uh, all the paperwork and no no like no that. okay that's good right. would you encourage other people to invest yeah, I mean, I, I would encourage people to invest, but I think the thing about investments are, especially when you're asking someone to invest in something that they can't see, um, it, 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 it's quite difficult. And I think people have to buy into the idea of, of Africa. The idea of, you know, Africa's perceived in a certain way. So people are anxious about getting involved and it's about unlearning people's perspectives of Africa. Okay, okay. Um, final question. If you had to do it all again, would you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. I'd probably do it sooner. Mm, okay. But right. yeah, I would definitely do it again. Okay. Well, last thing. If people wanted to get in touch with you because they're interested in... Do they're doing something in Ghana or they want to do something in Ghana, they want to 
or collaborations with pigs and stuff, where would they find you? Um, you got email or social yeah, media? Yeah, yeah, I've got no social media um, because I'm not trying to sell the business on social media. As, as I said, we're selling to local markets at the moment, which is, which is okay for us. Okay. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know if farming is the most glamorous thing especially a pig farm is the most glamorous thing you could have on like Instagram or Twitter. You know, but nonetheless, it would it help with coverage. But we've got, um, I can, I've, got, we've got, I've got an email which people can contact on. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, t- I'll take your email later then and um, I can post it on with this podcast. Yeah. Thank, thanks for your time. I'm sure. No problem. Uh, listeners have learned a lot from your experience um, your experience is somewhat unique so far because most people who have been guests we've had on this podcast are most guests we've had on this podcast are totally invested in the one side of things right shared, shared investment where you are like you are you're partly in in London and you're partly in Ghana. But the attribute with what you're doing, you've got somebody who loves what they do. Yeah. The family member and is mm-hmm. well trusted. Yep. That's what's made your life peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, you understand the language. Yeah. Um, so those are attributes that if you're listening on this podcast at present, that is good to have or at least make the effort to learn a language when you're investing in uh, someone else's country. Anyway, yep. thanks again, Edwin. No problem. And we'll catch up later. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope that episode enhanced your investing mindset. Remember to like, share and subscribe and follow. Feel free to contact us on the links below. We post an interview every Monday and a personal vlog every Thursday at 8am.